Chapter seventy two of Explanation of Catholic Morals. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. Explanation of Catholic Morals by John H. Stapleton. On the Ethics of War. In these days, since we have evolved into a fighting nation, our young men feel within them the instinct of battle which like job's steed when it heareth the trumpet saith ha ha that smelleth the battle afar off the encouraging of the captains the shouting of the army military trappings are no longer looked upon as stage furniture good only for fourth of july parades and sham manoeuvres war with us has become a stern reality and promises to continue such for people do not yield up willingly their independence even to a world power with a providential destiny to fulfil and since war is slaughter it might be apropos to remark on the morality of such killing as is done on the field of battle and of war in general in every war there is a right side and a wrong side sometimes perhaps more frequently there is right and wrong on both sides due to bungling diplomacy and the blindness of prejudice but in every case justice demands the triumph of one cause and the defeat of the other to determine in any particular case the side of right and justice is a very difficult matter and perhaps it is just as well that it is so for could this be done with truth and accuracy frightful responsibilities would have to be placed on the shoulders of somebody and we shrink instinctively from the thought of any one individual or body of individuals standing before god with the crime of war on his or their souls therefore it is that grave men are of the opinion that such a tremendous event as war is not wholly of man's making but rather an act of god like earthquakes volcanic eruptions and the like which things he uses as flails to chastise his people or to bring them to a sense of their own insignificance in his sight be this as it may it is nevertheless true that a private individual is rarely if ever competent to judge rightly by himself of the morality of any given cause until such time at least as history has probed the matter and brought every evidence to light in case therefore of doubt every presumption should favour the cause of one's own country if in my private opinion the cause of my country is doubtfully wrong then that doubt should yield to the weight of higher authoritative opinion official or popular judgment will be authority for me on that authority i may form a strong probable opinion at least and this will assure the morality of my taking up my country's cause even though it be doubtful from my personal point of view if this cannot be done and one's conscience positively reproves such a cause then that one cannot until a contrary conviction is acquired take any part therein but he is in no wise bound to defend with arms the other side for his convictions are subjective and general laws do not take these into account who are bound to serve that depends on the quality of danger to which the commonwealth is exposed first the obligation is for those who can do so easily young men strong unmarried with a taste for such adventures war affords the greater the general peril the less private needs should be considered 
the situation may be such as to call forth every able-bodied man irrespective of family necessities to shirk this duty when it is plainly a duty a rare circumstance indeed is without doubt a sin obedience to orders is the alpha and omega of army discipline without it a cause is lost from the beginning numbers are nothing compared to order a mob is not a fighting machine it is only a fair target the issue of a battle or even of a whole war may depend on obedience to orders army men know this so well that death is not infrequently the penalty of disobedience consequently a violation of discipline is usually a serious offence it may be easily a mortal sin war being slaughter the soldier's business is to kill or rather to disable as many of the enemy as possible on the field of battle this disabling process means of course and necessarily the maiming unto death the many such killing is not only lawful but obligatory war like the surgeon's knife must often lop off much in order to save the whole the best soldier is he who inflicts most damage on the enemy but the desire and intention of the soldier should not be primarily to kill but only to put the enemy beyond the possibility of doing further harm death will be the result of his efforts in many cases and this he suffers to occur rather than desires or intends but he has no right to slay outside of battle or without the express command of a superior officer if he does so he is guilty of murder neither must there be hate behind the aim that singles out a foe for destruction the general hatred which he bestows on the opposing cause must respect the individual enemy it is not lawful to wantonly torture or maim an enemy whoever or whatever he may be however great his crime not even the express command of a superior officer can justify such doings because it is barbarity pure and unmitigated in war these things are morally just what they would be if they were perpetrated in the heart of peace and civilization by a gang of thugs these are abominations that not only disgrace the flag under which they are committed but even cry to heaven for vengeance End of chapter seventy two